Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe, he is Sean, and tonight we are joined once again from Ziana of the Basic Cinephile. Ziana, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, just ducky. Doing well. <laughs> I was um I was just recently cast in Knives Out 2. So very excited about it. <laughs> you too? I mean, <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> Throw some unknowns like, in the mix. Who's left? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous as I'm eating a pickle while we're recording a podcast. Nothing but professional over here. Um, it's kind of crazy that, like, we talked about this a little on the side, Sean, but Dave Batista is starting to, like, act like he has sway. And he, I mean, he even came out tonight and said, Marvel dropped the ball with Drax and his destroyer side. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, he he has done this often when they and granted all the um, all of the actors spoke out against this, but when they fired James Gunn from making Guardians of the Galaxy three, he was just like, "I'm not coming back," and yeah. it's just like, "Well, I guess you're not getting undusted, then, buddy. Like, <laughs> you're one of the ones that'll stay there." Out of control. All right. Well, hey, we have a pretty good outline to cover tonight. Um, we've all been watching a lot of things. It looks like. And we are entering a time where, I said this last week, but I feel like every week now for the next couple of weeks it's going to be true, uh, more and more movies are being released, whether that's VOD uh, on, on uh, digital, <laughs> VOD, digital, or in theaters. Um, theaters, I mean, this is the first weekend in a while where you have multiple big releases in theaters, so that's kind of cool. Um, and we will talk about one of them right now with what we've been watching. So I was able to see Spiral from the Book of Saw last night. Um, I am... To preface this, a big Saw fan. I, I love the series, even though they get progressively worse um, and they're cash grabs. But, you know, I feel like every horror, or I mean, every generation has their horror film, right? Like it, whether it's Halloween or Friday the 13th or, uh, you know, uh, uh, what was the other one I was just going to say that I can play? Leprechaun was even one of them for a while, right? Like people love the Leprechaun movies. Saul was that for me because it came out right when I started college. Uh, and we made a thing of it each year because they were coming out every year for seven years. People don't realize that six years, but they were every year and they were like, if it's Halloween, it must be Saul. So it's kind of like it holds that little place in my heart, even though I probably shut my eyes half the movie because I can't handle gore. And that's what you get in a lot of these. Um, this is Chris Rock and um, uh, Samuel L. Jackson starring in this This one. It is kind of a spinoff, kind of not. Uh, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I was very nervous about it. Uh, when they released Social Reactions two days ago, I was pleasantly surprised that people were, some people were raving about it, which was more than I could have ever expected. Uh, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was funny. Chris Rock is pretty good in the character that he plays because it, he is a little bit of a not a kooky character but um he has some issues uh so he there's just some funny lines in there and you get samuel L. jackson who of course has to deliver the one-liners that are like on par with you know get these mother effing snakes off my mother effing plane um and a lot of people have seen the preview but he walks in at one point and it it says uh or the clip it says, like, do you want to play a game, Detective? And he goes, you want to play an effing game, Mother Ever? <laughs> that was, I was like, here we go. It's, this is wonderful. But um, definitely a pretty solid movie. And if they wanted to bring back Saul and be able to kind of reinvigorate it and get a few more films out of it, I think they've done that. So 
success on their part. Ziana, are you a saw person, horror person, gore person, any of that? Mm, no. <laughs> um, I watched the first saw when you did that the saw watch party yep um and i ended up really liking it i was thinking about this um yesterday actually with my sister we were like flipping through all the categories on netflix Mm -hmm. and we got to the scary movies and um i went through this huge phase probably starting in college where like i could not watch anything remotely scary because it would keep me awake at night and not in like a fun way in like a debilitating anxiety (laughs) kind of way (laughs) so i was like i can't handle any of this so i i kind of more recently have been starting to watch scary movies again um and i kind of forgot that like when i was younger i actually really did love scary movies yeah. so like middle school era scary movies like jeepers creepers was one of my favorite yes. joyride saw that like a million times um so i was flipping through and seeing some of those old ones and i was like i really want to start watching those again those yeah those kind of like silly cheesy but still scary ones that hold like that nostalgia aspect um, and I really liked the first saw, but I haven't watched the rest of them. Probably never will. <laughs> Might go see the newest one just because I am passionate about watching like movies completely out of order and then being really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that at the theater so many times. Like I'll go see like the third of a trilogy and I'll be like, it's terrible. And people are like, why do you think that? I'm like, well, I mean, I never saw the first one or the second one, but <laughs> it made no sense. There was no connection. That third one didn't make any sense. <laughs> I will. People have been asking me if you needed to see all previous seven Saw films to see this, or eight Saw films total, actually. Uh, and the answer is no. I mean, if you saw the first one, you're good on this one um, because it's it's essentially just kind of similar in the sense of you know someone is trying to prove a point or make a point. That's what I liked about this. It it wasn't just you know clearly with some of the sequels they started with traps and the shock value, and then we're like, all right, well, can we formulate a story around this? Um, and this one, there was there was a good story, and then they spliced in a few traps here and there. Didn't overdo it, but just did enough. Um, but that's the thing about horror movies. They're so cheap to make that they can pump them out left and right and make some money off of them. Mm-hmm. And that's why we got, like, I think Jeepers Creepers is up to four on DVD or something, which I didn't even realize. Um, but Jeepers Creepers is another one I hope they reboot. Sean, you are not the biggest horror fan. I'm trying. Um, no, I, I, you know, you said you watched a horror when you were younger and then when you got older and stuff like that, um, you had with me, it's, I never watched a horror movie until about two years ago. So I've been doing like uh, playing a little bit of catch up. I also did the, uh, saw watch along, but didn't realize people were going to be like talking during the whole thing. uh, (laughs) I I didn't really know what happened, Um, but, uh, I am, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, James Wan. Um, I, I don't think he's doing the spiral movie, um, but uh, I am um, still a big fan of him. And I believe that, uh, you know, uh, Aquaman is a masterpiece. I always go back to that. And um, I, <laughs> although that's not a scary movie, I was gonna say, not a horror movie, <laughs> but it is one of those things where scary movies to me are very much like uh, spicy food. Um, I like it but I am a complete wuss when it comes to it. Like I will like, you know, cry the first moment it happens. I decided to watch the Netflix movie, his house alone on Halloween when no one else was home. And I decided to live, <laughs> like have a live stream because I was screaming bloody murder the whole time. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So will I be seeing spiral? Probably. Um, I always just need a spotter in the theater to make sure I don't pass out. So I'll have to invite a friend. Um, and, uh, and uh, no, it should be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. 
you definitely need to check out Spiral. I think it's a solid. Um, I mean, there is, again, it's it's suspenseful. There's gore. That's what made the series. So they're going to go that route. Um, but I did like the story that popped up. Another story that I actually liked, and this is another example of me starting a movie and hating it and ending the movie and being like, damn, I really like that, um, which is happening a lot more recently, and I don't understand what's wrong with me. But this is Profile. Um, it is directed by one of the producers of Searching. So it is told completely through the computer, uh, and it is focused on a British uh, reporter who is attempting to kind of make a connection and infiltrate um, ISIS recruiters to learn about how they're recruiting or uh, brainwashing really these women and getting them to go to Syria and elsewhere. Um, it starts off slow mainly because, and, and part of my issue I should say was that I didn't really care for the main character. <laughs> um, she just, they didn't really do anything to like get you to like her. Like she just starts off with like ignoring her friends and her boyfriend and things like that. Like, and all of a sudden you're like, man, she's really uh, not the nicest person here. Um, but you kind of see as the film goes on how her work has consumed her and she's really focused on, you know, trying to make an impact there. And it really, I mean, there's really two individuals that are in this film. Um, there's more, but the two main ones are the reporter and then the, uh, the radical Islamist. And they were both very good, I'm very convincing. Um, and it was really suspenseful. So I, I did enjoy that, that was a solid movie. And the last one is Initiation. Initiation is a horror movie that didn't really get much play, um, but it came out last Friday. You can get it on VOD and digital, and I think it's in limited theaters. Um, it is a Scream-esque college movie that tries to have a message around sexual assault and covering up uh, the behaviors of certain individuals. Um, there's parts of it that I really enjoyed. There's parts of it I didn't really care for. It was it kind of like wallowed in the scenes in between the uh, the murders and stuff. Um, but it was smart in what it did, if that makes sense. So like it, it still had a smart story and a smart direction. It just lost its way a little bit. Um, and then ultimately, like with those movies, I want to pay off. I want to be satisfied. And I was not satisfied with the payoff. And it kind of just ended. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> is Initiation the one where the poster, the tagline on the poster is murder is trending? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, no. Yeah. <laughs> you guys hear murder is trending. <laughs> well, there's, there's a, a committee that makes up these things. And they all just said yes to that. <laughs> There's a reason why that is the tagline when you see the movie. There is a big social media component. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's its fascinating. But, you know, talking about horror, um, I guess, Ziana, are you a big Scream fan at all? Did you see Scream? Um, I saw the first one, like, a year ago. So. <laughs> um, and I did like it, but I haven't watched any of the other ones. Thought you were going to be like, I saw the fourth one. Um, didn't make any sense. <laughs> Could not understand. There was it like a guy in a mask. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Um, I made Sean watch all the Scream movies last October. <laughs> like, okay. Wait, how many are there? Four. 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 Okay. And then Courtney Cox just came out recently and said about this new one that they're doing that it feels it takes it in a new direction. I think she said like it's not a reboot, it's not a remake, and everyone's like, "What?" I'm just interested because what is it? <laughs> like, what other direction can you take this in? And if it does truly go in another direction, like, what the hell? 
And especially when you're bringing in like the old characters. Yeah, it and you're should, it should it be scream. a reboot. Yeah. <laughs> It's just literally called Scream. I mean, I, I, my goodness, like it's just like <laughs> this isn't. It's going to be different from the rest of them. What are you calling it? Scream. <laughs> That's it. We're just going to call it Scream. It'll be fine. People will only, uh, we'll be able to separate from the original four. Sorry, I'm having some camera issues that I'm playing with as we're doing this. So, oh man. Well, uh, Sean, what have you watched? Uh, this was a very disappointing week for Sean. Um, <laughs> I, uh, on one hand, I watched the uh, the quote unquote new Netflix movie Monster that was made in 2018, um, and uh, you can sort of, I guess, kind of tell it was made in 2018 with the way it sort of handles um, uh, social justice issues with a with a certain lack of care. Um, mm-hmm. I I had some issues with this. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's not bad. Um, and this feels gross to say, but like with all of the uh, you know social justice shows we're getting now and the social justice movies we're getting now, this one is just such a lower tier type of movie. Um, and uh, to compare it to those is probably not fair. This was something that was in the festivals in 2018, um, realizing that like they have John David Washington in it and he's in 13 seconds of the movie. And um, it's just kind of one of those things where like, oh, yeah, no, he's not a big, big, huge star yet. Um, so this movie was it was okay. It left me sort of confused, and you know, it just was sort of lacking. Even though there was a message that was pretty solid. Um, the other one is mainstream. Now this one is the talk of the town. This is the um, Andrew Garfield uh, social media star movie um, with Maya Hawk as well and Jason Schwartzman. And uh, this movie really wanted to be network, but for social media. Um, and the problem with that is it's the third act began 15 minutes into the movie. Um, and then all of a sudden everything's just bad. All the characters are bad. They're in bad situations 15 minutes in. It's like, you didn't let anything grow. And so the whole time I'm just kind of like these, these, these actors are doing great. Maya Hawk and Andrew Garfield are doing amazing work. Even though Andrew Garfield is literally doing a Ben Schwartz impersonation, not hating it, but that's what it was. <laughs> Um, and so everything about this was disappointing and it was just one of those things where, okay, yeah, social media is bad. Um, make sure you follow me on Instagram, by the way, math teacher movies, but like in one of these things, it does corrupt, but there was nothing biting about this, even though the message was obvious, which is a weird dichotomy. Which is kind of funny because Agnola was raving about it last week (laughs) and I was waiting to see which one of us was going to get to it first. (laughs) So I sh- we should or should not watch it because it's on my list. I got to be honest. It oh, it is just that bad. I wouldn't want, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I want to, I want to hear your take though. So I would like you to waste your time as well, please. Um, and watch that. Yeah. And money. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. I wasted money on that. Is <laughs> it like a three ninety nine rental or like a nine ninety nine rental? Oh, hey, come on. Six ninety nine. You know, okay, the good, that's when you get the six ninety nine, you know you're good. You know you're getting something beautiful. <laughs> Ziana, how about you? What have you watched? Um, I have not been watching any movies, and I've been doing a lot of series lately. So I just started Mare of Easttown last week, and am now officially hooked. Oh my god, the last episode! I won't say anything about it, but just <sighs> mind blown. Need the new episode. Fully addicted. Um, this, and then this the, is the Kate Winslet one, or the yeah, yeah, yeah. okay on HBO Max, 
and she is like a detective in a small town in Pennsylvania. And they had like a girl that was missing and then another girl that gets murdered and they're like trying to solve the case basically. But it's really, really good. So my friend, uh, real quick on that, my friend said to me that it makes um, Philadelphia look like a total shithole. And he's like, being from like living in Seattle, that's all I know about Philadelphia. (laughs) I mean, there's definitely some characters that you know have thrown a battery, but like the um, (laughs) like for the most part, there is this community element. I guess it sort of does it the same as Boston, also with the obvious accents where any sort of Mm -hmm. Boston movie, there's like yeah, these people are like, there's kind of the, the shithole element, but there is the community element that got your back. There's a scene where uh, Gene Smart is in this movie um, as uh, as mayor's Kate Winslet's mother. And there's a scene where someone like, you know, there's a huge fight. And then uh, one of the women just breaks down in the middle of the street and they were fighting each other. And she just goes, come in, come in, let's talk. And yeah. so it, was just like, <laughs> it was kind of like this level of, okay, so this is the setting we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I will say, Google the... Um, SNL skit for this. Um, Ziana, I'm mm-hmm. talking to you. And Joe, when you're oh. watching, I'm talking to you. Um, Murder, Durder. Already Durder. watched it multiple times. <laughs> Murder, Durder. Stop eating hoagies over the body. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to like that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's good. No, and I don't, I don't think it makes – I mean, it's definitely not – Philadelphia. It's like rural Pennsylvania somewhere. Um, And I don't think it does, like, I don't think it makes it look bad. I think it just kind of shows like small towns, like small blue collar towns where there's just like a lot of poverty, small communities. And so I don't think it like intentionally makes it look bad or anything. I think that it's going to be kind of a relatable feeling for a small town anywhere. Where yeah. it's like, yeah, your accent is going to be a little bit funny and a little bit different than <laughs> someone anywhere else. And uh, you're going to know a lot of the people and you're going to know the culture. And if someone from the outside comes in, it is going to be weird because you're like, I know everyone that lives here. and I don't know you. Um, yeah. So this is, it's kind of, it's got that vibe. And it's not like a it's not like a creepy small town where you feel like everyone's in on it and they're all like <laughs> creepy or anything. Like it's not one of those. It's just kind of like a, like what's going on. Although everyone know. is you related. Mean, <laughs> everyone is related. Yeah, it's this my is cousin. True. <laughs> yes. And everyone in their forties is a grandparent. Yes. That's so, <laughs> that's so true. Well, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> Which honestly, like, I was like, well, that's kind of relatable to where I'm from. So, that <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that show was really good. And then um, kind of the theme of the shows I've been watching lately are murder. So um, I've been watching uh, Sons of Sam, like A Descent into Darkness, uh, which is a limited series on Netflix right now. And that is a documentary that goes into the Son of Sam murders that were happening in New York City in the 70s. And then it kind of does this deep dive. Um, if you're not familiar with the case, like David Berkowitz was arrested for those murders, put in jail, and he's like a very notorious serial killer. And the overall narrative is that like, he killed a bunch of people in these random shootings. NYPD caught him, locked him up, 
end of story. And this documentary kind of goes into like, that might not really be what happened. And it starts to link him to the occult and to a group and all this um, like really well-documented evidence that like he might not have been working alone. This might be a network um, and it might be the police kind of wanting everyone to feel safe, wanting them to feel like the case was solved. And it kind of plants this seed of doubt of like, was it, was it really solved? <laughs> we know for sure. They never, it's definitely not a documentary that tries to paint him as innocent. Like no one's saying that they're like, he's definitely involved, but it's just, is he the only one that's involved? And that it's really terrifying. good. Oh, it's, it's creepy. I watch a lot of this stuff, so I guess I'm kind of <laughs> <laughs> scary movies. Not so much real life murder. Yes, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, as long as it's a uh, real footage, that's good. Totally, um, totally cool. <laughs> Ziana, I do have to wonder because I'm someone that you know I I love documentaries. I don't like true crime documentaries, but only because it starts to feel like sometimes if you've seen one, you see them all. So you have to mm -hmm. kind of like hook me in with something interesting, like uh, Robert Durst confessing in the bathroom with his mic on um, <laughs> and so with this one is this just the classic like crime true crime doc or is there something that will hook a like you know easily distracted person like me in i don't i don't know if it's gonna like fully hook you but i do have to say that it does not follow the traditional narrative of a true crime documentary um the things that I really like about it, so I studied history in college and like interdisciplinary history. So I don't like just looking at a timeline and being like, this happened, this happened, this happened. Like, I really enjoy looking at like the different cultural factors that were going on and the history of an area. And then you like kind of weave it all together to tell like what was happening, why was it happening, where is it happening? And this documentary does a really good job of that. So I feel like it's a lot more than just a true crime documentary like it's got a ton of historical information about you know what new york city was like in the 70s and you know like the the culture the crime um and like the politics of what was happening in the city and then it's also got this occult aspect so it kind of talks about like the rise of scientology the rise of the manson family and how all of this is kind of tied together like these weird like satanic cults that were happening and then um yeah and it it takes place in new york i don't really want to give anything else away but it's also tied to a couple other different locations and so it dives into like other places too and it's one of those where they present the story in the first episode okay. and there's four episodes and then after that they kind of like take you down the rabbit hole and show you like what could really be happening and it's based on a um, investigative journalist who was actually okay. investigating the case at the time um like his years and years and years of notes and interviews and like firsthand accounts of what had happened and so I really like that too, because sometimes these documentaries really speculate and they'll be like, we found this one piece of evidence, you know, what, what could this mean? And this is a guy who's like, no, I <laughs> went to a town, interviewed everyone there and no one's stories contradicted what I found. So like, it's really well researched. I think you'll like, if you like historical documentaries, it's definitely got a lot of that in it. 
Well, you got me on uh, cult documentaries because while I don't like true crime documentaries, I freaking <laughs> love cult documentaries. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, my okay, jam. yeah. Then you will <laughs> love it because seriously, Scientology, Satanist, Manson family, and I'm not even done yet. I have a whole other episode. There might be more. <laughs> I just googled was uh, were the Manson Scientologists? Oh no! Um, and Charles Manson studied Scientology while incarcerated with the help of his yeah. fellow inmate. And he listed his religion as Scientology in July of 1961. That yeah, guy really made the most of his life. <laughs> that should be talked about more. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Ziana, anything else? Oh, um, and I'm also watching Handmaid, the newest season. So we've got the newest episode of that is coming out today. I'm actually going to watch it after we record this. Um. And I'm I'm a huge Handmaid's fan, and I was an idiot. I don't know why I didn't finish the last season, and then I knew the new season was going to happen. And so my sister was bugging me, and my best friend, like they both have been waiting for me to finish so we could talk about it. And I, I don't know. This past year, I've just been like, I don't care about things I used to care about. <laughs> um, I hadn't watched. Do you want to talk? Yeah. You okay? <laughs> How do you feel the season I'm has been going? professional for that. Uh, but um, so I binged like half of the last season all last week. So I could get like, or, like not okay. you know, so I could get all caught up. Oh my God. I was having crazy dreams. I was like, this is too, there's a reason they pace you on this show. And, <laughs> and I binged it so hard. Um, so yeah, I'm loving the new season. Excited to see feel like it's kind of going in a new direction and is more of like, and I'm kidding, kind of getting like a Mockingjay vibe from it where it's like, it's oh, yeah. turning into the, the revolution and like bigger than just June and just the handmaids, but they also haven't fully shown like where it's going. So They're I don't know, kind of intrigued. Four? Season four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there should be a musical episode coming up soon or something like very surely shows yeah. do. <laughs> and doubt um, teased a little bit of it. I couldn't watch uh, the Handmaid's Tale during the last administration because I was like, we're living parts of this every day. Like we're moving that oh, direction. Yeah. Um, well, no, it wasn't like that because in Handmaid's Tale there was an outside group that had to murder Congress in order to take over the country. It was just in Congress at that point. For- <laughs> 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 it was a lot easier in real life. <laughs> oh god oh my god we're not going down that rabbit hole today I'm no, sorry. We're, not, we're not we're done i'm done, I'm done. <laughs> well you're not done because we want you to start with awards watch with sean tell us what is going on in your weekly column and what's to come all right so awards watch. we have that awards watch with <laughs> well <laughs> awards watch with sean um it was a uh, lovely column I did. Um, I decided to, uh, you know, loosen up a little bit, uh, try to uh, get the uh, get the youth uh, youth uh, <laughs> eyes on this, and uh, I went for predicting the MDV Movie Awards. <laughs> so um, I, I had a like a in depth analysis of what should win Best Kiss and why, and you know what is the culture surrounding that, and you know Best Fight as well. And so I went through that. Um, if I do better at the MTV movie awards, uh, then the Oscars, um, I should probably, uh, quit, but we'll see. Um, when it comes to my predictions, I mean, um, 
Now, what am I going to do next week is something we could probably open the floor to completely is uh, I was so excited to uh, write this column um, about animated features and like how the animated like, you know, feature race is like already shaping up, even though uh, it's May. And I was so excited. And then the news alert pops up that the Golden Globes will no longer be televised by NBC. And that's what my column is obviously going to be about. And I'm going to go in deep of what will it look like without um, the Golden Globes? What will award seasons look like without the Golden Globes? Um, because the Golden Globes are unfortunately the catalyst for, you know, like all of the awards buzz. They shouldn't be. They're not good. They're it's, it's backed by a group. That's not good. Um, and <laughs> hopefully undiverse. Um, and uh, you know, like only about 85 people that not accept bribes under the table, accept them over the table while photographing them and showing them off to everybody. Cause they, they're shameless about it in their rules. They're, they're allowed to accept bribes. And we let this dictate the way the Oscars plan out. Um, so the fact that this is no longer on TV is going to be interesting. Cause they, like a lot of people are reporting the golden globes are officially canceled. It's like, no, 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 no. At this point, they're still going to happen. They're just not going to be on TV. What will happen with them not being on TV? Will anybody care? Will no one will no one know? Will that still be reported on? And so will that still dictate what the Oscars are going to look like? Or will this finally be predicted by the guilds, the proper way to do this? Screen Actors Guild, Producers Guild, Writers Guild, Directors Guild. Um, those are all the ones that really should be doing this because those are voted on by directors, not 85 random journalists that just happen to be around at the time. And we actually don't even know how they vote on it either. That could be a dartboard genuinely. And after <laughs> the fact that like, you know, what was it, whatever it was called music got on there, mm-hmm. let's hope it was a dartboard. And so I, I, I look at something like this and uh, I say, this should have happened a long time ago. I don't know what made it different now that they decided to go with it, uh, that they decided to start to like, you know, drop it. What's interesting is I don't know how the contracts work because NBC has a contract with the Golden Globes to televise it. Now, when they decided not to televise, did they destroy the contract? Is it still there and the Golden Globes are kind of in lockstep and just not going to get televised? Or could they get picked up by some other television program, which I don't think that can happen. Uh, like, I'm not sure exactly about contract law or anything like that. Um, I wonder if we have anyone there that can help us out with that. I mean, I would imagine that they would not be able to go anywhere else, but it does sound like that there's the potential they'll have to pay like $40 million NBC um, or something along those lines. I didn't read the full article, to be quite honest, because um, that night when you and I were talking about it, it was like story after story was breaking about like, you know, Mark Ruffalo coming out and being pissed off again. And then uh, Tom Cruise is returning his three Golden Globes and. Um, Scarlett Johansson blames the Golden Globes on all of her bad acting choices, stuff like that. You know, <laughs> um, I don't want to let you skate away from your best kiss predictor prediction without saying um, you you called Bridgerton, which I think is a good move. Yes. Um, and <laughs> so disclaimer here: I didn't actually watch Bridgerton. I just couldn't. This projection is based on my internet research. The rest of these kisses are rather forgettable. <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, you know, oh, did we care that John B made out with someone? I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, that, that show was hot or whatever. What show was that called? Outcasters? I forget what it was. Um, but uh, I don't even know what you're talking Outer Banks? I don't Outer even. Banks. Outer Banks, yeah. John B and the chick. I, see, that's the thing. They, the rest of them are pretty forgettable, and there's only one good kiss, and it's Bridgerton. Um, I will say that all of that, that disclaimer was written in by my uh, spectacular editor and fiance, Sam, because while she was editing the article, she, like, turns over to me. It's like, 
you hated Bridgerton. You didn't watch any of Bridgerton. I'm like, <laughs> there, there, you got me. <laughs> Transparency. I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to see how this shakes out. Um, what I would like you to do, though, is grab that box that is right there um, that I sent up there and had to make sure that you wouldn't open. I'm glad that it was delayed in coming. Um, and I want you to open it because a uh, little something something for you there. I wonder what it is. It came in after the uh... – sorry, my mic. You know, it's audio, so I can screw with it. I can be like um, this. I'm yeah. happy you didn't tell me to open this after talking about Spiral. That would have been um... – <laughs> yeah, you want to play a game? <laughs> that would be frightening as hell. Um, but a little something here. Sam's gonna come in and watch as well. Uh, she's, like, not, oh, she's not gonna go on camera. Opening a box is not your strong suit, apparently. <laughs> you tape this up like crazy. It's like Double two rap. really thin pieces. Yeah, you did. So congratulations on your award. <laughs> For best podcaster to Sean Phillips. So now you've been reporting on the Oscars, but now you have your own Oscar. I have an Oscar! Speech. Speech. Okay, here we go. Uh, Anthony Hopkins couldn't be here tonight, so I'll accept this on his behalf. And scene. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Oh, I'm, I'm like holding it like someone would hold an Oscar anyway. This yeah, you is, are. <laughs> yes, you really are. <laughs> I have to hold it the rest of the show. <laughs> I kind of don't want to put it down. So, <laughs> so there you go. Now you got Thank your very you. own Oscar to give you a little bit more of a, you know, the oomph to keep up with uh, awards watch now that we uh, are out of Oscar season, might be out of Golden Globe season permanently. I don't know. <laughs> I am uh, no, I'm 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 still uh, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if you can see behind me. <laughs> there's, there's oh wait a minute. Right wait, did you ear. give yourself an award too? You I ordered a two pack. <laughs> <laughs> the world's best boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> best boss boss for non-paying platform goes to <laughs> Oh, it's got a little butt. <laughs> there you go. The important things. I need to like. No, that, that's so nice. No, I'm. I'm still like. Um, I will say, I have many articles on reserve, even for the off season. So, as you saw, like, it's very true. Every week when he sends me the uh, updated Google Doc, I see a growing list at the top of things he wants to tackle. And of course, last week I was like, "Hey, you should do something on the MTV Movie Awards." <laughs> All right, so let's dive into some of the news this week. It's been a little bit of a slow news week, unless your movie is called Knives Out. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. But first and foremost is, oh man, we're getting animated Nintendo movies, which is something. Um, I want a Yoshi movie, and if I don't get a Yoshi movie, I'm going to be pissed off. But basically what's happening is there's a Super Mario film in the works, uh, it is in the works between Nintendo and Illumination, uh, so the the company or the studio that's behind Minions most prominently. Uh, and the Nintendo president recently spoke out and said that they are looking at more IPs being turned into animated films. Um, the original creator of Super Mario is actually involved in the film, which I think is really great. I mean, it, go back to basics with that. 
Um, but apparently they, as a company, Nintendo, were very nervous to just give their IPs over to anyone because they feel like it shouldn't be um, something separate from the games, but add to the world. And if they can't do that, they don't want anything. They, they don't want to put their stuff out there. Um, Ziana, my question to you is, are you an animated film fan, number one? And yeah. number two, do you think Nintendo films are something that we need in this world in 2021? No, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. I saw in the outline, it was like, Nintendo animated films coming. Like, what do you want to see? And I literally out loud to myself was like, nothing. I don't want to <laughs> see any. <laughs> but I will admit, because um, I do, I love animated movies. I love kids movies. Um, and I love movies that I think are going to be really stupid and then end up being fantastic. So I am very open to being proven wrong. And I think if it's done right, I'm sure it could be fantastic. If it's just a cheesy cash grab, then it's going to feel like a movie that like you have to watch if you're babysitting someone's kid and you're like, this movie sucks. Why won't they watch something else? So I don't know. I'm I, my, The bar is very low. My expectations for this, extremely low. I am right there with you. I don't know that we need these, um, but there are some Nintendo properties that I think would be interesting. Sean, how about you? Are you interested in this? I love the idea of, of there's several different animated movies about Nintendo, and they culminate for an Avengers, or no, no, excuse me, it'll be a Captain America Civil War style game where they're all fighting in Super Smash Brothers. I and, 100% have thought about that, and I am on board with that. <laughs> see, there it is. There it is. I um, I love the idea. Uh, when you ask me, like, which ones do you want to see, um, I realize that I don't know much about uh, video games, and I don't think they're all under the umbrella of Nintendo, or maybe they are, but uh, is Crash Bandicoot Nintendo? No. All right. Carry on. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. I've been wanting so the Crash Bandicoot movie for a while. I've really like that's that's been something I really want. I did not play video games as a child. I didn't watch horror movies. I didn't play video games. I didn't have friends. And so I um I would love for there to be like Crash Bandicoot was the one video game I played because I was like kind of good at it. And I don't know, like there's like it's like a little fox thing, and he's like he just jumps on a bug and it like makes a noise and you you win a prize. And I I, so for me, it's just like you can make a movie out of that. There's a character arc building there. Um, I don't know. Sometimes he's like, you know, I, I don't like the idea of it being completely animated because then it just becomes completely three dimensional. And then it just seems like it's the scenes between all of these video games. Mm -hmm. um, I love the idea of maybe a live action mix. I thought Sonic was spectacular. Truly <laughs> a wonderful film. Um, I, you know, there, there's there's something you can do to blend that. There's something you could do to make it interesting. Um and give it, you know, that that uh, original zest. And um, I think the animated weirdly limits that. I know that seems strange, mm -hmm. but I feel like that just turns it into the video game again. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm, I think I'm right there with you. Um, I'm quickly trying to find the meme of uh, Katie from the Mitchells versus the Machines when she talks about growing up with movies. <laughs> oh, it's the best moment. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, Mitchells versus the Machines, Yana? No, I haven't, but oh. that is on my watch list like immediately. It's like, next so time. good. Yeah. It's Forget so good. I'm excited. We'll find out about June later. <laughs> okay, okay. <Get> individuals. <laughs> it's Maybe so, so I'll good. watch Handmaid's Tale first and then so I can sleep at night, then I'll watch. Oh, side by side. side it's good. Side. They sync up perfectly. Like, okay, perfect. 
Um, this is one of my, this isn't going to spoil anything, but it's one of my favorite moments. And I was just looking for a meme, uh, that I couldn't find from the movie. And this is the one that popped up. <laughs> so no context, just going to show you that. Uh, because Furbies weren't scary enough. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Who would make that? <laughs> oh my God. There's yeah, it is. And like spending the night at a friend's house, getting up in the dark to go to the bathroom, and someone's Furby like goes off and says something. <laughs> that would be very frightening. Um, I am thankful. I feel like I got like my school because we were so small. We went through like every phase possible. Like everyone had Tamagotchis. Like it wasn't just like pockets of the group. Everyone had Tamagotchis. Mm-hmm. Everyone had this. Everything. Everyone had that. But Furbies were never a thing. Thank God. Yeah, they uh, dropped before I could get into them as well. Like, yeah. it, was, it was so perfect. Yeah, thank God. We're we're all better for it. Um, moving on, Camilla Cabello is playing Cinderella. A lot of people don't know this, but they announced this movie back, I think, at the end of last year. Um, it's been made. It is going to Amazon now. It originally was supposed to come out, I think, in just a couple of weeks here. Um, but one of the biggest pieces uh, of news to come out of this movie is that Billy Porter of Pose will be playing a genderless fairy godmother in the film. Uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but I remember reading an article where he said, um, the kids are ready. (laughs) Uh, And I was like, God, I love him. Um, But this movie's also going to feature Pierce Brosnan, please no singing, uh, Minnie Driver, Missy Elliott, which is great. Idina Menzel, I want a Idina Menzel and Missy Elliott riff off. I want something on there. Um, and James, Pierce Brosnan. And Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> and James Corden. Um, uh, of course he got in there. <laughs> Musical? And, yeah, and others. Um, the film will feature a soundtrack that incorporates pop songs from contemporary artists and original songs by Camila Cabello. Cabello, Cabello, Cabello. Sean. Camila Cabello, Cinderella. Yeah or nay? I mean, I know nothing about her acting skills, and that's pretty a pretty difficult like lead you really have to like you know you're carrying that movie so could be great i will say everything else about it is perfect so even if she's not that great i think that supporting cast could support and um especially billy porter which the kids are right i'm still laughing about that that's such an awesome move billy porter's the man i love him uh but uh billy porter is just absolutely wonderful that's it's such a great role like just absolutely a great role um her, like I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I'm imagining it, and it just works. Um, that supporting cast is just like truly lovely, and so, I mean, I'm ready for this. I mean, yeah, we're getting like 18 live action iterations of Cinderella, so or like it's already frustrating enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, it's like okay, I welcome this. This is something that looks a little bit new. Um, I think it's maybe it's only because it's a singer in the lead, but I just think about the. Uh, the uh, Brandy Cinderella. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I think it's literally that. And I'm like, okay, so it's doing something different. Cause that one was really great. And is this going to do something different? If it doesn't, it's going to be fun to see it. I just love uh, Pierce Brosnan and um, Missy Elliott. Um, you know, just absolutely in the same movie. Let's do this thing. <laughs> uh, here's the full quote from Billy Porter in a deadline article from March early March, he said, it hit me when I was on set last week how profound it is that I am playing the fairy godmother. They call it the Fab G. Magic has no gender. Uh, he said that the role, uh, playing the role as pow- as genderless is powerful and that it's going to be a classic fairy tale for a new generation. Quote, 
This is a classic. This is a classic fairy tale for a new generation. All right, Deadline. That article is structured a little weird. <laughs> well done, Deadline. Um, I think that the new generation is really ready. The kids are ready. It's the grownups that are slowing stuff down. Uh, Love which, it. Love it. Uh, Ziana. Um, we are getting a lot of Cinderella movies, as Sean said. Uh, there are some mm-hmm. others that are coming out with the focus on the fairy, uh, not the fairy godmother, on uh, the stepsisters. Um, I don't know anything about Camilla Cabello except for the fact that she is dating um, <laughs> Mr. Uh, God, my, I'm like losing his name all of a sudden. Uh, Sean Mendez. Yes. Uh, and I'm hoping that Sean Mendez is playing the prince and that hasn't been confirmed yet. Can you confirm that? Oh, yeah. I'm best friends with both of them. So they tell me <laughs> all of their movie schedules. <laughs> is this something you're interested in? Um. Yeah, it is. Um, my first initial thought was like, oh, my God, another Cinderella. Like, why are we doing the same thing over again? And then I started to, like, think through all of the different versions of Cinderella that I've seen. And I realized that I like all of them. And so I was like, oh, okay. I, I was like, you know what? I think that this works. I feel like it's such a classic tale. It's such a, like, quintessential fairy tale and it kind of has a little bit of everything and so I feel like it is kind of one of those stories that you can make a million times but do it in different ways and it's still entertaining um so yeah I'm I'm excited for it and honestly when I saw that um Billy Porter was going to play the genderless fairy godmother my first thought was just like oh perfect casting and I just kind (laughs) of moved on and I didn't even like stop to think about it like that that would be something that anyone would have an issue with or see as out of the ordinary because I'm like oh he's perfect so yeah I'm I'm excited to see that I think that's a good casting and I mean there's always potential when there's that many famous people in a movie for it to crash and burn horrendously (laughs) but I (laughs) but I I have hope for this one I think it's gonna be good I really just hope that they didn't dump it on Amazon because they didn't think they could market it which part of me feels like that may be part of the concern, but Sean, Sean, you seem to have found something here. Well, I just want to, I was curious. uh, I was looking up the director because I remember the other Cinderella movie was Kenneth Branagh because that's a thing. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and so that was the Lily James uh, vehicle. And I realized that this director is Kay Cannon who directed blockers. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but I'm so excited because I loved blockers. (laughs) The, is that yeah. the one with John Cena? Yeah, that's the one with John Cena and yeah. um, Ike Bernholtz. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be great. That, that, okay. So, and I, like, what, oh, what was the other thing I wanted to say with it? With the Amazon dump situation, we, at this point, with, you know, hey, we're coming out of a pandemic, it's getting better. Like, you know, we're going to theaters, people are going to theaters. It's still dicey. It's still one of those things where maybe they don't want to take certain risks on certain movies. Mm-hmm. And that might be why it says like, you know, hey, this is one with, uh, you know, one for the kids. Excuse me. One for the kids. Let's hopefully uh, make it happen that way. But, you know, fingers crossed that that's the reason. Should be interesting. I'm into it. I will check it out. Uh, I'm just very happy that Joss Whedon is not directing it because <laughs> apparently Joss Whedon is still finding himself in some shit. Um Rightfully so. Uh, after well-documented accusations from cyborg actor Ray Fisher regarding conduct on the set of 2017's Justice League uh, following Zack Snyder's departure, Gal Gadot recently commented on her experience with Whedon, 
Um, it had been reported before that she had issues with him on the set and that she had uh, dealt with Warner Brothers in a timely fashion. And she said that she was satisfied with how they handled it. Um, she was speaking to an Israeli news outlet and said, I had my issues with Joss and I handled it. He threatened my career and said that if I do something, he will make sure my career is miserable. And I took care of it on the spot. Uh, this guy, Ziana, have you followed any of this? He's just a shithead. I really haven't. It's been so messy that I'm not even interested. I'm like, that's too much trauma. <laughs> but He's... I really loved that quote of Gal Gadot being like, I handled I it. it. Yeah. I laughed out loud because I was like the thought of just like this badass ex-military woman being like, you're going to threaten my career? I handled it. <laughs> I'm like, I want to know what she did to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen them since, so it's kind of right? weird. Never I know. I'm like, I want, I want a movie about that. <laughs> right. There was apparently uh, in the original, and when I say the original, I mean the 2017 Justice League, there's a scene mm -hmm. that was added where uh, Barry Allen as the Flash falls on Gal Gadot and there's kind of like this play where like he lands on her breasts and apparently she was like absolutely not I'm not doing that yeah. and as was her uh, stunt double um, and then something I don't know they digitally worked in something and used a stunt double ultimately and I believe that that's what kind of really set everything mm, off Okay, but um, Sean we followed this stuff with Joss Whedon for quite a bit and um, there were reports a while ago that listed a bunch of things that were rumored to have happened and we're down to only two or three that have not been confirmed. So that's kind of insane. At this point, God, I'm so sick of this guy. Um, and I look back at like some of his damn movies and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, it's just like full of these, like just humorous quips with absolutely nothing there. I mean, you know, I, I'll, I'll still love the original Avengers without that. But other than that, it just, seems like you know it's full of just like empty bullshit i'm i'm for some reason i don't know why i'm doing it it's just out of interest i think i'm watching the nevers on hbo which is kind of like the last thing he'll mm -hmm. hopefully ever do um and so uh, he, he's directing a lot of them and it does have those like you know it does have the joss whedon quips where it's just like and you know these actors are delivering them well so it's fun um does he have anything of substance? I, I don't think so anymore. And I'm not just saying that as a hindsight situation. It just, I look back and there's just a lot of stuff that's not great. I think that this feels like, this feels like the last gasp of like a toxic male director. And mm -hmm. I don't think this kind of stuff will be happening in the future. We're going to hear stuff in the past about plenty of people. And it's going to come up once in a while and it's going to come up quite a bit. I think I said it in a previous podcast and I am like, you know, <clears throat> a big time cinephile that loves Stanley Kubrick films. <laughs> that guy abused women to get performances out of them. And so like, you know, there, there, there's and what am I going to not watch those movies? No, of course not. But there, like th this, there is a time that is changing. Um, we mm. didn't want it to cling to a past time. And he was just in the wrong generation. And that we're we're now respecting women. And that's just something where I keep on thinking about him. And I just think like this guy, like just slowly, like, you know, every time you're right, every single rumor is getting confirmed except for like a couple of them, which I'm sure that they just don't want to deal with that. It seemed like, uh, it seemed like Gal Gadot didn't want to deal with this one. It seemed like she was just like, I took care of it. Move on. I'm, I'm done with this asshole. Yeah. And, um, Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where it, we're moving in a positive direction, even though we have to hear about this like horrible crap. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's crazy to me is this happened when they were filming in 2017. 
Mm-hmm. And so like we talk about stuff in the past and that's not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm hopeful that, you know, now, oh, I don't know how many times in the past we said this is going to change things and now this won't happen. Um, but I, I just think all in all, like Warner Brothers has to get their shit together too because they don't have a good track record with the directors that they bring in. I mean, I'm even thinking back to like Brian Singer and all the stuff with him. Um, you know, with when he did Superman returns and, um, I forget what film it was that he was on that like, Oh, it was, wasn't it? Um, Oh my gosh. Rhapsody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then he, you know, like, I don't know. There's, do they not do background checks on these people? I mean, we, like I couldn't get hired down the street for, if I had anything like this in my background and these directors are being paid millions of dollars to shepherd a film in. Uh, to throw a boob joke in there and threatening actresses and actors. I mean, when you think of, um, you know, Ray Fisher, always a power play in terms of what they're doing. But, you know, go back to that quote from Joss Whedon in a previous uh, report that we did where he said something like he didn't have to deal with this with, uh, um, what's his name, Robert Downey Jr. or something like that. Like, yeah, well, cat's out of the bag there. (laughs) You're, You're saying the quiet part out loud. Well, unfortunately, like the between the background check, check thing, it's like I don't think studios cared. Um, these were the like famous talent; they could do whatever they want. They felt like they were untouchable, and uh, these are you know like powerful people that feel like there's mm-hmm. no consequences. And you know, uh, like finally, there is consequences. And I think like you know that's one of the. Uh, like that, that's why I still think positive direction. Yeah, we're going to get some – there's going to be shit that comes out every year, unfortunately. But I think it's going to just be less and less because the people above are going to be uh, you know, a little bit better. I mean we have intimacy coordinators on sets now. That never was a thing like in any sort of love scene or sex. There's like – there's someone there to make sure everything is okay. Like that, that's you – know, five, ten years ago, I would have thought that would have been crazy. To have someone like that on there, and th- like that—that's the kind of stuff that we're looking at right now to make sure everyone's comfortable, to make sure that a director doesn't do what Whedon did at that time. I think Match.com is offering that for like another thirty-nine ninety-nine a month or something. Um, contingency <laughs> coordinator. I don't know. <laughs> um, I look forward to the future movie with uh, Joss Whedon, Army Hammer, and Gina Carano. Oh, it's gonna be uh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> all the canceled. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's gonna be set on. Wait, no, isn't Gina Carano doing a movie with uh, Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro, got you know it's gonna be good when it's Ben Shapiro involved. Yeah, oh my God. Uh, speaking of shitheads, uh, the filmmakers behind Hulu's We Work or the Making and Breaking of a Forty-Seven Billion Dollar Unicorn, which is actually a really fascinating documentary if you had, if you didn't have the chance to watch it, it's on Hulu. Um, they are now making a documentary on Rudy Giuliani. Um, there is also a competing. Um, uh, documentary happening about Rudy Giuliani. So we're going to get multiple of him. Um, but once dubbed America's mayor, Giuliani has become a controversial figure over the last decade due to his entanglements with former president Donald Trump and a number of bizarre media appearances. Most notably, Sasha Baron Cohen and crew caught him in a compromising position in last year's Borat subsequent movie film released shortly before Giuliani held a press conference at four seasons total landscaping. <laughs> So I'm I can't wait to see. I know that there's also a four seasons total landscaping documentary coming out. I wonder if that's tied to any of these because it seems a little weird that they have like a separate documentary. But um, my question to both of you and Ziana, I'm putting you on the spot here. Okay. Who 
if this was a feature length film, because we're going to get mm -hmm. a feature length film of the mm -hmm. past four years at some point, who would play Rudy Giuliani? I spent way too much time just overthinking this because I was like, who can like really do it justice, you know? And I'm not, I'm not totally sure yet. I feel like it needs to be an actor who's really good at like fully embodying a character. So I feel like maybe like Sam Rockwell or like a Christian Bale. It needs to be someone that like probably doesn't look anything like him and the makeup team will win an Oscar. And it needs to be someone who can really like play that character of, of believing all of the things that they say. Yeah. Yeah. And it hurts. being things that are said at total landscaping. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you one thing that Saturday Night Live ruins is when you're trying to do this type of casting stuff. I always think back to like the parodies that they do and Kate McKinnon. I know. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that was my first thought too. I was like, oh, just whoever does SNL. But <laughs> then I'm like, I don't want to watch a, a feature length film right. of an SNL parody of a character. It needs to be someone who like plays it serious enough that it can still be funny. I totally agree with that. Sean, I have a feeling you're going to give us a list. I I have three. <laughs> you know, come on. <laughs> so the first one does not count anymore because I'm not even kidding you. I thought of this name and then realized that he already played Rudy Giuliani in a made-for-TV movie on USA and it was uh, James Woods, um, and like he actually played it where you know the culminating heroic moment was just after 9-11, which is exactly what you want your movie to be. Um, mm -hmm. These two are my big ones. Now, for this one is more of a silly one, but also I kind of see it, and hear me out on how this will work. It's Danny DeVito, but no one addresses the shortness, and everyone just talks over him, and he just gets really frustrated that everyone's <laughs> ignoring him. <laughs> And every time he's at a podium, like I, this is what this is what I want for because like, Danny DeVito could play crazy like as Frank Reynolds basically because that's I think what Rudy is a tall Frank Reynolds and um I I just want like but just like the gimmick is that everyone doesn't even look down and talk to them they just talk right over him and he's just kind of like you know getting more and more <laughs> frustrated the real true one and uh, he'd have to come out of retirement um and I think this works because. Rudy is a bad person, but also has like that fun guy personality. Oh God. And I think you might say who I'm thinking. Is it Jack Nicholson? It's not Jack Nicholson. Okay. Oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think Jack Nicholson has this like way about him where he's just like, you know, always smiling, really fun, can be an asshole. And I, I think mm -hmm. all of that can culminate into like a pretty interesting Rudy Giuliani. But what were you saying? What were you thinking? I I don't know. I had Rick Moranis at one point. Oh my god, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I was thinking Speaking about of coming out of retirement. Right. Yeah, we're pulling Rick Moranis out. <laughs> I was thinking about this way too long. Like Gianna said, I could like I was stressing myself out with it. But yeah. when Rick Moranis came in, I was like, that's dumb. And then like half hour later, I was thinking, it's not bad actually. I could totally see yeah. him doing that. Really good. <laughs> Who's um, your third? No, that was it. James Woods, Dan oh. DeVito, and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Oh, James Woods, James Woods. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It's well, a, it's we're we're going to find out at some point. You know we're totally getting that. Oh, oh, oh. I know what to do now. 
I'm going to do an I'm not there uh, type of situation like that Bob Dylan documentary where five people played him. And I'll have James Woods, Danny DeVito, and Jack Nicholson play him at different times in his life. <laughs> um, I also could see Shia LaBeouf. Um, the only reason I say that, even though he's kind of like canceled, I think. I was know? gonna say, yeah. are we still hiring him right uh, now? For we should at though. least press the pause button. <laughs> he, he needs a break. <laughs> yeah. um, we need to look at some of the stuff he was doing. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking about his character in when he played his father in Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually thinking just visually right there. Yeah. I don't know. That's I, true. He does a really good job of like playing someone else. Believe dark people. Dark, yeah. dark people. Yeah. That's you but know, still making them likable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like still having those moments of like you can see why, you know, this person would have a following. This person would have people that vote for them like you you can't just be a total piece of shit well the good news is he doesn't have to tattoo his entire body for this movie so if he was to do it um <laughs> then that movie gets shit on oh is that I, is that the movie where he played someone who was uh, latinx which just that's great oh i forgot yeah. about that part of it yeah <laughs> yeah no it, it totally made me think of the um the line in tropic thunder where they're like he's notorious for going too deep into characters like that needs to be a side by side yeah, well, Scarlett Johansson is the one that taught him everything he knows. So, um, Jesus. <laughs> my man, she, she gets a pass for a lot of the bad decisions she made. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, without that a doubt, bothers me. But mm-hmm. um, at least Emma Stone came out about her Aloha character and was like, "Yeah, you're right, that was fucked up." <laughs> oh, she screamed, "I'm sorry!" at Sandra O. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that part too. <laughs> Absolutely out of control. All right, so let's move on to the bigger story here. Is uh, So a little background is that Knives Out 2 and Knives Out 3 uh, are going to Netflix in a huge deal. It's like a $400 million uh, plus deal. Uh, we are going to be seeing Daniel Craig returning. Ryan Johnson has um, at least written the second one. I think he also wrote the third one, if I remember correctly. Um, but he is assembling his cast for the follow-up the second film uh and the thing with this story is that every time i check one of the sites someone else is added to the film Mm -hmm. um so two days ago we found out that dave batista was going to be in the film which is interesting um and then we found out the following day that edward norton is going to be in the film uh and then today we got confirmation that janelle monet is going to be in the film sean interesting cast so far i'm all about all three of them most excited probably about Janelle Monet, to be honest. Um, but Dave Bautista, if he plays some, I don't know. I feel like he's going to play something really stupid, and I can't wait. <laughs> he'll he'll just be like the bodyguard of one of the other. Honestly, Edward Norton's bodyguard. <laughs> I want to give him more depth than that. But um, I I truly love what's happening here. And I, I not just like Knives Out 2. I love that Knives Out 2 is happening. I love that these actors are getting cast. But I love that this is now becoming the premier situation because we're going to hear about more and more of these as we go. There's going to be three or four of them right after this. And what I really adore about that is that Knives Out, when that was coming out, not a big deal. I'm sure there was news like Tony Collette just got cast. Michael Shannon just got cast. But no one really cared. Because this is like the the next Ryan Johnson movie. Some people were kind of pissed at him with like Star Wars and all that. But now with this, because Knives Out was, was such a success, pretty much we are watching every little bit of casting and we are truly wondering who's the next actor, who's going on. Like, it, Will that crumble under its weight? 
I mean, it is destined to, but hopefully <laughs> it won't. I mean, it is like we are just we are really like making this big. The other, the only other thing I can think of that's like this is going on right now as well, and that is going into TV a little bit. But uh, the casting of season three of Succession. Where people are just like Adrian Brody, and then there's a few others that we heard about that are coming in, like to the third season of Succession, and people are losing their minds about that. Now, no one cared who was in the second season of Succession, which, by the way, starred Cherry Jones and Holly Hunter, which should stop the presses, but it didn't. I love and Holly so- Hunter. She's so odd, but I love her. <laughs> so odd. Um, but it's just kind of wonderful to see like these two, like, you know, properties, these IPs in a way sort of get their due where the casting is more of the fun than what might be the actual movie. Now I think the actual movie is also going to be awesome. I trust Ryan Johnson to, you know, the fact that it's like Ryan Johnson has this one written when you were saying that I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. It's going to be good then. And I knew he was writing it. I don't know why I didn't, but for some reason, like that was just like this warm blanket where it's just like, you know, there's a lot of pressure and all this casting and everything has to live up to it. Ryan Johnson made this. Now, the, <laughs> the last thing I want to say is, and this is what I always say to Joe, and he's going to roll his eyes with this, but I do want the unknowns. I want the unknowns in there too. I want to make sure they are there. Think about it. I don't think anyone knew any of us knew who Ana de Armas was before mm-hmm. Knives Out. Um, and I want that to happen again. I want like, you know, there to be a few of them that, you know, sort of slipped under the radar um, because I don't want this to just be a complete star fest. Yes. Get some of the best actors around in there, put them in there, but also help us discover some people, which I, I have faith that will be done. Also, those probably won't make news. So those, those people are probably already cast. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> but um, I'm, I'm so excited for this still. Oh my God. Ziana, do you share the same excitement where you're really excited for it, but it's going to fail under its own weight? I, hey, I'm just saying that it's going to be tough. Come on now. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying, though, because it's like, it's kind of the opposite of the Nintendo movies that we were talking about. Like, this is like, the bar is set so high that the potential for failure is just a lot greater. We don't know if it's going to happen or not, but just the... The odds are not yeah. as good. But um, no, I'm super excited for this. And everyone that they've been announcing, I'm like, hell yes. Dave Batista is who I'm really excited about. Because <laughs> I just feel like with Knives Out, it was so much fun. And it was just a cast of like weird ass characters. And that's what made it work was that everyone was like so unique and so totally different from any other character. And so I feel like the more eclectic and weird that the casting choices are, the more I get excited for that potential of like, let's just take all these people that you feel like don't really go together and then throw them into Knives Out (laughs) 2 and let's see what happens. (laughs) Well, and I think they confirmed that they're going overseas for this one. Um, But I wonder, I think they said that something about France might be making that up. Um, But the, there is one returning character that I'm really excited for. And yes. <laughs> I want the to see Dave, <laughs> Dave Batista wear this. <laughs> yes, oh, man. that would be amazing. That you, sweater you that Chris Evans wore. Nor- uh, Norton. That's that's uh, that's Edward Norton's, without a doubt. Like Edward he's just going to be. <laughs> I know that people are loving that casting. He annoys me. Well, like, that's why I love that casting because he he is he is a known dick like um, <laughs> on sets and everything like that he's like he's been kind of asshole and he plays an asshole so well and it was sort of wonderful when you see we we talked about how this movie has not aged well at all but uh the italian job 
like might be one of his greatest performances because I don't think he was acting. They didn't tell him there was a movie. Um, <laughs> he actually just shot Donald Sutherland. It was a huge <laughs> issue. Um, and I, but I I, lo- I love the Norton casting because you want to hate some of these people because I'm assuming mm-hmm. he's going to be investigating like a, like a bunch of rich pricks again. And so you're going to have the people you love right away because I don't think it's possible to hate Janelle Monet. So they that better be a character mm-hmm. you love because. Um, by the way, J- Janelle Monet, like she had her 2016 of like all time greatness in acting and movies was in two of the best picture nominees and nailed it in both of them. What has she done? I mean, she's done a lot of music, but has she done movie stuff since then? I- she was in Antebellum. Um, oh, and then she was also in Harry okay. last year, two years ago. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah that's, so not, not the best that's films, a but tough one. Yeah, um, uh, Homecoming. She was also when I just remembered, but that was right. a the second season, play. right? Yeah, she also was the voice of one of the voices in Lady and the Tramp, which is a very underrated live action Disney movie. I have to tell you, that one was weird because they decided like let's release this on Disney Plus the day Disney Plus comes mm-hmm. out, like while a pandemic's happening. I go, <laughs> and then it was just all of a sudden it was like just a throw, go, gone, done. And I was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> I hate Lady and the Tramp. Not hate Lady and the Tramp. I just don't care for it. Um, it's not mm-hmm. my favorite Disney movie. And I actually enjoyed that. I had a good time with it. I thought the like the animation was pretty good. And um, it wasn't as creepy as some of the other animated uh, films around or, you know, live action films mm-hmm. around animals. But she's she also was in The Glorias last year, too, which kind of flew under the radar. You, you didn't like it? I kind of really desperately wanted to so bad, especially with the amazing ending. And I actually can't even remember who she played. Couldn't tell you. I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that was just a very strange movie where, you know, Julie Taymor was just doing her Julie Taymorist. And that was a real pain. I'm looking at the list here of what she has coming up. And the only other thing, I mean, she was a voice in ugly dolls in 2019 which also is an underrated animated movie. I did enjoy Ugly Dolls. Um, and then uh, Knives Out 2 is the only one she has going yeah. on now. I think I think it's great. I think she's a musician. Um, I think she's a very talented actress, though. And uh, you know, she had a little bit of a tough time picking roles recently, I guess. But uh, let's hope Knives Out gives her some, uh, you know, gives her some more attention. She's one of those actresses, though, that even though she was in a bad movie, I'm thinking about Antebellum in particular. Like it wasn't the best movie. Um, she was good at it, I thought. Yeah, and, I mean, she did what she could. Um, I, that was a movie I loved. Gabrielle Sidibe. I was like, Gabrielle Sidibe is just <laughs> giving zero shits anymore. She uh, she knew the movie sucked, and she's like, "Cool, I'll just do whatever I want." Yeah. Um, speaking of sucking, this is breaking news: Bruce Willis and Frank Grillo are in another movie together. <laughs> Why is that happening? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I Why don't is like, Frank Grillo here? Can we like tell him to go? Like. The pick won't be out until next year, so please put it on your calendar for your 2022 22 most uh, anticipated. Well, very excited. God, so stupid. <laughs> um, but speaking of uh, hopefully some positive, good releases coming out in the future and things that we'll enjoy, um, one that I didn't enjoy that I didn't talk about was Oxygen that came out on Netflix today. If you're listening to the podcast, came out yesterday. Um, Oxygen's on Netflix. It's the new, um, oh my gosh, Alejandre Aja from Crawl. And it's just, I did not care for it. But I'm absolutely anyway. watching this tonight. Like, I'm so freaking excited to watch it now. <laughs> That's out. The Reckoning uh, on Shutter tomorrow, Above Suspicion on VOD, which is with Amelia Clark, I believe. I think this is a film that was made in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. 
um, and they're dumping it on VOD. Army of the Dead is hitting uh, limited theaters, so just Cinemark theaters this week, and then it'll be on Netflix next Friday. Riders of Justice, which I cannot remember anything about, but that's going to be in theaters. Spiral, The Book of Saul in theaters, The Woman in the Window and Netflix, uh, and Those Who Wish Me Dead in theaters and HBO Max. Those Who Wish Me Dead is an interesting movie. Those uh, now I'm just mixing that up with things heard and seen as the worst titles of all time. Where those who wish me things heard and seen. <laughs> those who wish me dead things heard and seen. Did you watch things heard and seen? Ziana, you didn't watch that, did you? No. You're you are not on a movie kick right now. I'm really not. No, I'm so I'm so behind and so out of it. I haven't really watched any of the newer movie like i kind of made a last ditch effort before the oscars to be like i should watch some of the nominated movies and then i watched most of them and then just kind of stopped again did you watch the father i did not i i don't think i could have handled it i was like i don't think i'm in an emotional space where i can handle something that sad and then i kept watching movies that still ended up being really sad like whatever that animated movie was where the the girl builds the rocket to like try and go to the moon Over the because moon. her mom. Yes. That one. I was like, you know what? I can't handle these sad movies. I'm going to watch an animated movie. I got halfway through that one and I was like, I can't finish it. <laughs> Sean, you said that about the Mitchells versus the machines that you were like tearing up oh, at one point. Oh my God. I cried so many times. <laughs> it was like in the beginning, in the end, I like, I mean, it was, it was uncontrollable. It was unbelievable. I don't know if it was a weird mood I was in that day, but I could not stop. And listen, I repeat this multiple times about the father. I, no lie, fell to the fetal position after the end of that movie. I was an absolute mess. And I vividly remember when it hit me. Uh, That movie was just, it was a phenomenal movie, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, Anthony Hopkins totally deserved the win for that final scene in in and of itself. But. Oh my God. I, I was trying to tell my parent, I was staying at my parents at that time and I was trying to tell them afterwards about it. And I was like, <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> I, it took me like an hour. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I definitely can't. plan on watching it, but I was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to handle it. I'll put that <laughs> at some point in the future and just trust that it's great. Cause everyone that I trust their opinions says it's amazing. Anthony Hopkins. I was like, no, I can't put myself through that. Just put it right between two episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, yes. and, you know, just... I'm really looking forward to Knives Out 2, okay? We need a booth. <laughs> Let's get that going. The world just... needs some happy movies coming out. Joe, Joe, just in, 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 until we can get Knives Out 2, Joe, can you show us the uh, cable knit sweater again? Uh, no, I cannot because I don't have it up right now. <laughs> Wait, maybe I do. Hold on. I do have it saved to my computer for some reason. Um, I do also own it. I could go find it. Uh, <laughs> I may or may not have bought it after I saw Knives Out, so that's a thing it's that like, I do. It's just such a good sport. Of course you did. It comes it in is. multiple colors. Oh, there it is. Beautiful. There we go. That it makes me feel better about crippling dementia. There, mm-hmm. like, that's just, you know. Oh my gosh. That movie, I can't even talk about it anymore. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that happy note, uh, Ziana, one one last question for you, though. You know, you said you have been watching mm-hmm. a lot of movies, but are, is there anything that you are really looking forward to this summer since theaters are about to, you know, break back out and movies are coming? Um, yeah. When is The Green Knight coming out? <gasps> I, watched, I watched that trailer and I'm excited. Me and my sister both watched it and we are like huge Dev Patel fans. 
and watched it. And I was like, I felt like it was a really long trailer where I saw a lot of what happened and it looked interesting. I have no fucking clue what's going to happen in this movie. Like, I don't know where it's going. And so I'm really excited. Like, it just looks like, I don't know. I'm intrigued. So that's have, the one I'm probably most excited about. Have you seen the Red Knight and the Blue Knight? Because if not, you're going to be lost. Yeah, they're, they're, mm, perfect. Okay. You got to be part of the universe. Um, it's a big one. The Knight universe. Good, good. <laughs> um, Sean, I haven't asked you this question, but throwing that to you this is going to stress you out you're going to like spontaneously combust <laughs> how dare you assume that's going to stress me out but also yes it is um i'm not uh, like like i i gotta be honest the green knight might have been mine but uh, i'm just gonna casually type in summer movies the power of editing later right i'm you not know, editing this i i just Buys you. <laughs> well, wait, what's this? I can't find all of them. More movies. Um, so let's see. I oh God, I don't think it's Luca. Although it might be Luca. Um, I'm excited for Luca. Yeah. Um. I, oh. Oh God. What am I doing? Why did I even look that up? In the Heights. Holy crap! Of course it's in the Heights. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot wait. Oh. Like, I have I have wept at the trailer in the theater before Wrath of Man. Now, you want to think about the people that were in the theater for Wrath of Man. They're the people that probably didn't weep at a trailer for <laughs> In the Heights uh, beforehand. But I, I like it's this is just something where I cannot wait. I love that play. I wanted it so bad last year. And like when they bumped it, it was just like, oh, cool. Like, you know, just mm -hmm. another casualty of the pandemic. And um, Joe is smiling because that jerk got to watch it. Um, and so he he has In the Heights in his head now. Non-stop. Every morning I wake up to good morning, Usnavi. Yo, no bits, pro Smiths. Jimmy Smiths <laughs> is the absolute. <laughs> no bits, pro Smiths. Oh my god. It's um I I can't say much about it. I did put a social uh, review up there allowing like comments on it. So I put that up on my Instagram story. Um, but the embargo lifts next Friday, so I'm very excited to get my review out there. I've been sitting on it for about a week now. Um, but yeah, it might be uh, it might be Sam's uh, first uh, movie back in the theaters um, because she just got well. No, recently. Oh, she's probably going to go into theaters now. But I think that's the first one she'll be interested in seeing. So, like, I think that'll be you know because that's that's the power of this one. She doesn't want to save mm -hmm. money and go to HBO Max. She we're going to the theater, baby. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be such a good theater movie. Like, to have the whole experience of being there, being around people, hearing the sound, seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, I, I feel like that would be very disappointing to see it for the first time. Just, like, on your TV, daylight, you're, like, squinting to see what's happening. <laughs> right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, one weird one that I'm actually um, not weird, but it, it popped up recently. I saw the trailer for the other day and I watched it three times and cried every time um, is fatherhood with Kevin oh, Hart geez. coming yeah. to Netflix. Um, that just looks so good. And I'm, I was completely caught off guard by it. I just, I, I don't know. I love a good drama. I think I like crying recently. <laughs> it's, it's honestly like the, the, that movie. It's gonna, it's gonna go down two different avenues, and I hope it goes down the one that we both think it's gonna go down. Or it could be, you know, comedian tries out schmaltiness and it doesn't pay off. Like I, I'm worried about this movie for that. 
uh, for that, like, you know, possible road it can go down. Or it could just be lovely and I'm overthinking it and overanalyzing it, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> just stop looking at me. Hey, hey. In the heights. In the... Well, we thank you, Ziana, for coming here tonight and joining us for that In the Heights rendition that Sean just gave us. Um, and remember, no bits, pro Smiths. Ziana, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at the basic cinephile and at thebasiccinephile.com. And then I'm also on TikTok at the basic cinephile. You are still in the TikTok game, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, if you want to see some random stuff of just whatever I think is funny that day, TikTok is where to find me. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at the basic cinef, then the number one. <laughs> cinef one. Why, why, why did Twitter do that to me? I don't know. Why did I not realize sooner? I don't know, but that's what happened. And you can find all that information in the show notes below. And also, if you're listening to the podcast in the show notes for the podcast, I will tell you on a TikTok story real quick that my personal TikTok account, because I have two for some reason, um, I made a short video about uh, Chipotle when I was waiting for 45 minutes for my order. Uh, and the, there was a sea of people in the Chipotle sitting mm -hmm. there as well. And I put it to like, welcome to hell. <laughs> um, and it has, uh, I haven't checked it today, but yeah, as of yet, uh, last night, it had 594,000 views. Oh and my like, God. Yeah, like it was viral, right? The other stuff that I actually put effort into and think is funny. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's no. Chipotle. And people are now like debating about hourly wages and hiring and stuff in the comments. And I'm like, <laughs> what have I done? That took a turn. <laughs> a wild turn. You were just board in line and you're like well might as well make some content it literally was I, I i literally was standing there against the wall and i was like and just threw it yeah. up and there we go but hey it's how you make the big bucks <laughs> maybe sean where can people find you you oscar winner you people Master can't see but he's holding up the oscar <laughs> <laughs> i had my momentum going in i gotta do this okay <clears throat> Math Teacher Movies, available on Instagram. I do monologue Mondays, what the Oscars got wrong Wednesdays, and final shot Fridays. I review movies of old and new, and I review TV shows of old and new. Also, at GuyAtTheMovies.com, I have Awards Watch with Sean, where I talk about the Oscars and many other different awards. Take a look at my Oscar. That sounds weird on audio. I'm showing an actual Oscar statuette. That <laughs> Thank you very much. Math Teacher Movies on Instagram. That was quite something. And you can find me at Guide to Movies on Instagram, Guide to Movies 1 on Twitter, and GuideToMovies.com for all the latest movie news and trailers and other fun stuff. And reviews, of course. Uh, reviews popping up. Um, a lot of reviews I've been putting up this week uh, for films that are about to come out. I've, you know, I think this is kind of going to sound stupid and maybe annoying. Um, all of us like doing this, it's always fun when you get an advanced screener. And now I'm getting a lot of advanced screeners and I'm like, <laughs> um, I have a full-time job and this is really hard and I feel bad not watching movies, but then I feel like a lazy POS for watching movies and it's hell. It like actually gets stressful. You're it's like, very stressful. Like, I feel like I haven't watched anything because I do. I feel like I haven't watched anything, but then also I'm like, I spent a lot of hours watching things. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to find more time to watch more things. But. I stress out about like my one or two reviews, like at max I'll do two reviews a day, but usually now I'm like 
four or five a week total. Mm-hmm. And Sean, your content is just like steady and regular. And I don't know how you do it. Yeah, Sean, um, you're insane. I, I don't know how. I, I ran out of movies. So it's going to go quiet pretty quick. It's just going to be <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres memes. And <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> no, I um, honestly like it's one of those things where like things are starting to open back up. And every single weekend right now is just packed to the brim with social stuff, which I guess mm-hmm. that's a good thing. But also it's a nightmare because all I want to mm-hmm. do is just like, you know, like sit, sit home and watch all of the movies, but also I want to see my cousins that I haven't seen in a year and a half. So I guess, you know, that, that might be the better thing to do. And like they're humans, mm-hmm. and, but like it's just not. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes the couch and the movies are better, but no, I'm, uh, yeah, it's going to go a little bit lower uh, recently because I've, I I had like a million old movies that I watched and I had the reviews ready to go and I would like drop them out as they went. Um, and I've officially run out of, uh, you know, like those reviews. So now it's just the well is going to dry up a little bit. I, I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> I don't know who you are anymore. Um, no. So uh, in addition to that, Sean and I have started some pod shots, which are short episodes that will be coming out here and there that discuss um, mainly movies that we wanted to dive into a little bit more. There's an episode out now about Wrath of Man that we recorded this past weekend. So there's no set schedule for them. They'll kind of just come out like <laughs> when we feel like it. Um, and then, but Ziana, you might remember pod shots, so to speak, because we did one way back when, and I, this is going to sound terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which sexual assault allegation it was about. It was oh, about it Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Yeah. Step on that. <laughs> like, um, and you know what? They they heard you guys and they decided to redo West Side Story without him. Congrats! They uh, you're changing the world. No, they're not. Wait, I was no, like, not. what? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's not nope, he is yes. in that trailer. That is not happening. <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, And one last thing is that tomorrow night on uh, YouTube and Twitch, we have Trivia Night with Guy at the Movies and the Chumps at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, You can find us on either the Chumpcast or Guy at the Movies um, accounts. And tomorrow is Marvel Phase 1 Trivia. So lots of fun. Um, A lot of of banter. I wouldn't call it witty banter because sometimes we're just really stupid on there. But um, a lot of fun. Come join the group. We had a huge one last time for Simpsons Trivia. So um, Ziana, I've already told you in uh, what, like six weeks, maybe a little bit longer, we're doing Shit's Creek trivia. Oh so. yeah, and I am there. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on Marvel because I know nothing. Again, watch them all out of order. Haven't seen all of them. <laughs> Fell asleep during half of them. But Shit's Creek, I'm gonna know every single answer. Do <laughs> you watch Endgame first? Um, <laughs> Where are these portals coming from? <laughs> But I did watch it before the Avengers that had come out before that. And then I hadn't seen the first, how many Avengers are there? I hadn't seen the first two since basically when they came out. And then I watched like all the Captain America movies, like after I saw Endgame. Yeah, it was, I was very confused during that movie. It was very long. That is... But I did go to the premiere with everyone who was like really into it. We love that support. You know, you yep. got to get out there. Yep. You got to support. You got to yeah, let that movie was having about, trouble. I'm glad you got in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about good vibes, you know? And then you'll figure out what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I think that's a great place to end. Uh, watch movies out of order. That is what the basic yes. cinephile recommends. Yeah, pro tip. Ziana, thank you so much for being here. Sean, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>